Welcome to yet another episode of Beyond the Present Podcast. My name is Daniel Mulgan, and today we'll be discussing how we can choose the right career or lifestyle for you. You see, guys, they say you can't judge a fish by how fast it climbs a tree. And that simply talks about how in the modern world we tend to somehow look at everyone as if they're all the same. They all come from the same backgrounds. And that is why, unfortunately, a lot of us at a very young age are told, okay, the best path for you is to either become a lawyer or to become a doctor or to become a scientist and so on. And our parents always forced us to choose a specific path that usually meant a very stable, secure path of employment. However, today I'm here to tell you that most of those assumptions were wrong and that you as a human being have to understand that you are unique, you are different, and you come from a very unique background, which makes you strong and very talented in certain areas and unfortunately not very talented and sometimes even downright dumb in other areas. That's called your natural inclinations, your gifts, as well as your setbacks and shortcomings. For that reason, today we want to talk about how do we actually decide what is the right career path as well as lifestyle for ourselves. You see, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people, when they are young, they ask themselves these questions. They are actually uh, plagued by these questions of, what do I want to do with my life? I don't know what I should do, man. I have no idea. My life is always, you know, it's so unclear. My, my, my dad says I should do this, and my mom thinks I should do that, and I personally want to be a rock star, but at the same time, I can't even sing, so I don't know what to do. I'm confused. Well, the reason that you are confused is because you haven't taken the time to understand your strengths and weaknesses, as well as defining clearly what your values are and what you want from your life. So let's you know go through all these uh, elements one by one to help you understand what you really should do with your life. And by the way, this isn't just applied to young teenagers or people in their 20s. This applies to all of us because sometimes we end up being careers that are not right for us and we keep working in those careers sometimes for decades. So you might, you know, right now maybe you're 40 years old and you feel like, well, I just don't feel like I've been in the right career most of my life. Well, this is the moment to start making a change because yes, it is actually very common for you to work for decades in a career or industry that is not right for you. And then you have this feeling of like, why am I not getting ahead? Why, why do I have this feeling that I'm not getting ahead? And the answer is very simple because if you're not in the right career, you are like a fish who will have to be constantly uh, told to, okay, you're not climbing on that tree fast enough. Come on, what's wrong with you? Keep pushing yourself, come on. And you, despite all the effort that you make, you realize, but I don't know, how, how could that, how are these people, these other you know, people climbing that tree? Why can't I do that? And you start feeling bad about yourself. But the problem here is this. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just in the wrong career or path for you. You cannot expect a fish to climb a tree. And if they try to do so, they will actually get hurt in the process. They might even literally die, proverbially and emotionally, in the, in, you know, in the process of trying to climb a tree. So right now, let's talk about how do we exactly go about deciding what to do with our lives. Now, if you probably are listening right now, the chances are maybe at some point you actually try to change majors when we're younger, maybe even, you know, change jobs a couple of times, and you're probably still not at the right job. So you're wondering, like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Well, the key begins with understanding a few 
elements that are essentially inborn for the most part, or they are very deeply entrenched in your subconscious mind. And those are your natural inclinations, the things in life that truly attract your attention on a very you know, deep subconscious level. Then there are your talents and the things that you naturally find easy to do. Oftentimes, these things are things that most other people find difficult to do. Your weaknesses, the things that you find so hard, even though you see like, but how could all these other people do it so easily? Well, for the same reason that you can do a lot of things easily and others say like, well, how did you do that? You will obviously see others doing certain things and you wonder, well, how did they do that? Because they're using their strength and their strength is your weakness. So once you understand your strength and weaknesses and you define what are some things that naturally attract your attention, the final piece of the puzzle is your system of value. What are some things that you value? Now, values and interests should be somehow uh, kept separately in this uh, entire chart because these two are very different. You see, interests are the things that you really find attractive, that grab your attention, and the things that you find very meaningful. Value, on the other hand, are the whys of your life. Why do you do what you do? Why do you want to, for example, work as a freelancer and not work in a team? Maybe the why is because you want to be fully independent. And for you, independence becomes a strong value. So if you find yourself in a career that requires you to be dependent on a lot of other team members or people, that will actually make you feel very unhappy, which is why for you, 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 you take the path of uh, freelancing or solopreneurship, right? On the other hand, maybe somebody else's value is deep connection. The same person, if he or she is forced to work as a you know, freelancer or to work as a solopreneur, he or she will be pretty much depressed most of the time because he or she is deprived of that connection, that teamwork, because he needs a stronger sense of connection. So the same career that perhaps he currently has is not going to be fulfilling for him because he does not fulfill that value. That is precisely why Understanding what career you want to choose for yourself always begins with knowing your strengths, your weaknesses, your areas of interest, as well as your values. Now, how do we actually use all these four to choose it? Well, let's get started. Now, the first step, of course, is understanding your uh, strengths and weaknesses. Now, this obviously is not very easy because sometimes we have a lot of blind spots. We don't really understand what are our strengths and weaknesses sometimes without a great deal of feedback from the outside world. Sometimes we think wrongfully that we're good at certain things. And then the world tells us uh, very unapologetically, nope, you're not good at that at all. So many of you think you're a very, very great singer or you have such a great talent for acting. And then somebody sees you performing and say like, uh, okay, well, that's good. That's good if you, if you want to sing like that or if you want to act like that in front of your mom, probably she will be very happy to see that. But don't expect to you know, win some sort of Emmy or whatever. <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? The same thing applies to your uh, basically weaknesses. Sometimes you might think that you are bad at certain things, and oftentimes those uh, you know false beliefs are a result of perhaps your low self-esteem or not being able to fully understand uh, what your talents are, or perhaps not having received enough encouragement from the environment. And at that moment, you might falsely assume that you're bad at certain things when you're really good at them, right? So. 
How do we find our strengths and weaknesses? I really believe the best way to do so is to get a lot of feedback. And to get a lot of feedback, you have to make a lot of attempts to try to use different things, which is why at a young age, it's always best to try as many different things very quickly as possible. And that's not going to be very good for the employers who will then hire, have to hire and fire you over the spot. But in reality, it's actually a very, very good practice. So when you're young, the best thing you can do is to try as many different things as possible. Try to, you know, literally try to uh, do a, perhaps, a, I don't know, a month-long uh, apprenticeship in different fields. First, try to, you know, go to a restaurant and, I don't, know, I don't know, work as a waiter or waitress. Do you like that environment? Then perhaps go and become a journalist and start collecting news. Then, you know, try to be a blogger. Start posting some stuff, see if you like it. Then start doing some real estate. Then perhaps you want to do some, you know, medical stuff. Now, if you can't go to medical school, maybe you can actually learn to become an ER, for example, assistant or something. But what you do is you are going to expose yourself to a lot of different fields as quickly as possible to get a very quick feedback. Why? Because the things you are naturally good at, your natural strengths, quickly show themselves when you try different things. They instantly are revealed to the other people and you start getting feedbacks like, boy, I think you really know how to move on the dance floor or I really think you have a great knack for, you know, logical thinking and planning or, wow, you're so on time. You'd make a great, great manager. So you start getting this feedback and that feedback then allows you to understand what your natural strengths and, of course, your weaknesses are because you're going to get some negative feedback too. Like, is that really what you think you should have done? What the hell are you, what would you do to that patient? It's almost, you know, like you try to kill that patient. Oh, I'm probably not very good for the medical field and probably should change fields. So essentially you get a lot of feedback. That is why in, you know, early years of your life, especially after graduating from university, you really want to focus on gaining a lot of feedback, trying different things, not for too long, not getting involved with any of those fields, not committing to any one of those fields, because right now your commitment is to understanding your natural strengths and weaknesses. Once you understand what those strengths and weaknesses are, now you have a clear idea of what types of careers you can actually have that will use those strengths. Why do I say this? Because a good career path is one that has all of these three things in common. That is, it uses most of your strengths and does not need to use most of your weaknesses. That's number one. So if, for example, a career requires a certain degree of commitment, discipline, conscientiousness, and at the same time, by nature, you're a more creative type who value spontaneity and uh, a floating schedule and constant change. You probably are not going to do very well in that career because that career's required strengths are actually your weaknesses. And once you find yourself in a career where it requires you to act using, you know, all of your weaknesses, you will naturally fall behind and eventually hate that job because it's not using your strengths. It's actually relying on your weaknesses. It's like being injured. Uh, you know, uh, let's say some of your muscles are now injured and uh, imagine having to do the kind of exercise that precisely need those muscles to be stretched. It is going to be very painful and you are not going to enjoy that exercise session. I mean, just try it for a second, see what's, ha- what's going to happen, right? So that's ex- an exact metaphor here. Working at a job or career that requires you to use your weaknesses instead of your strengths is like doing the kind of training or dancing that requires you to stretch your injured or pulled muscles. It's going to be painful. It's going to be awkward. And believe me, you are not going to be one of the best 
performers in that field. It's just not possible, right? So instead, you want to get the kind of career that does the exact opposite. And it's, you know, if you use the same metaphor, it's going to be like doing the kind of exercises or dancing that requires you to use your strongest muscles and does not need you to stretch or use or contract any of your injured or pulled muscles. This means by doing so, you are not going to experience a lot of pain every single day, like, oh my gosh. And the reason is very simple. There's nothing, you know, different about that career or what it's required to do in that job. It's all about you. And unfortunately, if to use this metaphor, none of us have a body that is 100% full and none of us have, you know, the body with the muscles that are all working, to use this metaphor, we all have some weaknesses, which means every single one of us on a, you know, (laughs) metaphorical level have some pulled muscles, have some, you know, uh, weak muscles that cannot stretch as much, cannot, you know, contract as much. And if we want to use them again and again, we actually experience a lot of pain in the process. That's why a lot of people today, almost half of them, uh, express they are very much disengaged at work. They don't really enjoy what they're doing. And they literally can't wait to get out of the office or end the workday. Because they are using those weak, pulled muscles all the time while their strong muscles are sitting there doing nothing, totally idle, right? So get those feedbacks. Know what is really right for you. Know what are your strengths and weaknesses. And then you will be able to uh, plan. So, okay, these are my strengths. For example, I'm highly creative or I'm highly uncreative or I'm extremely, you know, basically uh, organized and disciplined, or I tend to, you know, be a little bit, you know, uh, not very well organized, or I tend to value numbers and logical thinking, or I like, you know, ideas or, you know, thoughts. So you see, once you look at all these strengths and weaknesses, then you ask yourself, what are some careers that will use all of these strengths that I have? and are not so much hampered by all the weaknesses that I have. So you create a list. Ideally, you should come up with at least 20 different career paths. And, you know, write it on a piece of paper or add them to your smartphone and just, you know, start brainstorming. So what are some of the careers that will use the, you know, most of my strengths and need the least of the things that I am weak at? So to give an example, if your strengths are logical thinking, for example, as well as analytical thinking, as well as discipline, then working at a, you know, at a job, for example, as a rapper, singer, or artist is not going to use your strength because your strength of discipline, logical thinking, and well, a sense of, you know, being well-organized will have no real impact, no real positive impact on an artistic career because those things are not simply required for you in order to, you know, do well. On the other hand, if your strengths are creative thinking, let's say uh, perhaps uh, being in control of your tonality and your body language and being an you know, overall social person, then working as an accountant or a lawyer probably not going to be the very best choice because most of those creative performance types of you know uh, talents that you have are not going to be as useful as you know as an accountant or as somebody who spends many hours reading legal documents. Right, that's the thing that you have to focus on. So you then create a list of all the possible careers, whether you like them or not. That's the first word because it's called brainstorming, right? Then you start writing down all of these careers that make the most of your strengths, 
and are least affected by your weaknesses, which means they do not rely so much on those weaknesses. So if a job requires you to be always on time and you tend to have a reputation for not being on time, probably that job is not very well because it's not going to you know, allow you to ex- excel in that career because that requires you to be on time, but naturally you're not. Or this re- career requires you to think out of the box, but you tend to be a little bit more you know, linear in, in, in your manner of thinking. So you create this huge list of all the possible careers that make the most. The ideal situation is, of course, 100%, a job that will use 100% of your strengths and is uh, basically fully independent of your weaknesses. It means it requires 0% of the skills that you don't have and 100% of the skills that you naturally have and, and are pretty good at. Now, that's ideal. And as we know, ideals are just that, ideals. But in most cases, if you take a look deep inside of all these uh, you know, industries, you realize in most cases, the real practical ratio is 80-20. It means if you have a career that uses 80% of your strengths and only is affected negatively by 20% of your weaknesses, that is still a very good career. So don't be a perfectionist here and try to find a career that is gonna use 100% of your strengths and needs 0% of your weaknesses. That's not gonna happen in most cases. However, if a job uses almost 80%, that is the majority of your strengths, and is affected very little by your weaknesses, which means it makes use of those weaknesses about 20% of the time, that's actually a very good career path. Add them to your list, create this huge list. Now, once you have these two lists, then you finish the brainstorming, and from then on, it's gonna be a lot easier, because now we will use the other two measures to decide if it's good for you or not, both of which are so much easier to understand than having that list of careers. And those two are the areas of interest that you might have, plus your values. So let's say you have a list of 20, 30, 40 different career paths, that clearly make use of your natural strengths and are not easily uh, you know, affected by your weaknesses. Now, you ask yourself, from all these careers, which one of them do I find the most interesting? You see, here we're really talking about the element of flow. How much do I enjoy this career? Do I really enjoy spending a lot of time in an office or do I like to be outdoors most of the time? okay, I really enjoy being outdoors, so probably I should cancel out this, 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 and this from the list because they will pretty much happen all the time in an office environment, and I don't like that. Or quite the opposite. I don't want to be outside and, you know, be attacked by all these, you know, uh, insects and, you know, have my, you know, step into some mud somewhere. I want to be in a very nice, cool tower, you know, wear my suit and be at the office. So I'm going to cancel all these other jobs that require me to be outdoors most of the time. You see, you're now looking at what you find naturally interesting. What concepts, what industry do I really enjoy what these guys are doing? Is it fun for me? Or do you feel like it's not going to be very interesting? Because your interest will then give you a lot of motivation. To what, you know, win and to get ahead in your career, you have to have a lot of motivation. And motivation oftentimes follows interest. Whatever naturally attracts you to something, it allows you to be well-performing in that job. So you then look at the list and say, from all of these you know, jobs that I've actually found or career paths, which ones are the most fun, the most interesting, the most exciting? You create that list and you go through the, the entire list. Now, once you have that one, your list is now a lot shorter. So now you have a list made of all the possible careers that rely mostly on your strengths, are not easily affected by your weaknesses, 
no more than 20% of the time. And more importantly, it is made of the kind of careers that you naturally find interesting. That for you, you can easily, you know, find the motivation to do for many, many years, decades of your life without even having to retire, right? Because you find them very interesting. Now we have to go for the final, final filter. And that's the filter of value. So values are not the things necessarily you find interesting, but are the things that are required for your peace of mind. Understand this. If you have a value that demands and wants you to be a member of something bigger, a part of a bigger team, and you spend most of your time working for yourself alone or you know, in a very small group, you are not going to find that sense of fulfillment. You feel something's missing. Like, why? I got only a team, you know, I'm working, I'm making millions of dollars every month, but I only have three, four associates that I work with and I don't feel a part of a much larger group. Or quite the opposite. You're at a career that makes a lot of money, but it requires you to manage 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people. And you feel like, I'm just not a people person. I really want to, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. I want to be alone with myself and I have to spend all these time dealing with all these BS. You see? These two different types of people, how they see the same situation very differently. You ask yourself, what are my values and which one of these careers will in any way, shape or form violate those values? So when it comes to interest, you have a, you know, a proactive approach, a positive approach. What do I like? When it comes to values, in order to make sure this process is done easily, you ask the exact opposite. Which one of these careers are going to violate my values. Because usually most unhappiness in life is a result of some of your values being violated, either by you or by the circumstances. And that makes you very unhappy. So for values, you ask yourself, all right, if I work, for example, if I do a startup in IT, will this compromise any one of my values? For example, let's say one of your values is uh, I really would like to work with people most of the time. And this startup requires me to spend a lot of my time behind, you know, a, a screen coding. So this is right now going to you know, compromise your values of extroversion, being with people, socializing, and having face-to-face communication. This means you will be very, very unhappy if you have to you know, work at this career. For that reason, you want to focus your attention on uh, you know, trying to filter out all these other careers that are going to compromise your values. Maybe one of your values is to be independent and to have power in your career, right? At the same time, you can't be a banker and have power at the same time because when you're a banker, you get a boss you have to report to. And if you are the kind of guy, you know, who is a little bit hot-headed and you want to be like the man of the place and you have to work at a job that is well-paid but then it requires you to be submissive all the time, you're going to feel like shit. It's quite normal. So you have to focus your attention on all these, you know, elements. Which one of these careers will then violate my values? And once you filter all those things out, congratulations. Now you have actually one clear list of all the careers that are really well suited for you. So to try to, you know, uh, somehow help you understand this concept and to give you a rehash of the whole thing. Number one, focus on developing your strengths. Don't focus so much on improving your weaknesses. That's a loser's strategy. Instead of trying to you know, improve your weaknesses, focus on developing your strengths and then create a list of all the careers that make the most of those strengths. After that, ask yourself, what are my areas of interest? What do I love doing? And then create a list and based upon that, filter out all the other careers that are not naturally interesting for you. And finally, after you know what your values are, 
ask yourself, which one of these careers will compromise my values and will make me feel unhappy? Remove those, and then you have yourself a list made of all the careers that are actually right for you. So start from today. If you're not at a job or career that you really like, then immediately begin the process. First, create a list of all your values. Values are made of things that you, you know, think are important. These are the whys of your life. So what are my values? Family, for example. Well, if one of your values is family, you can't be at a job that requires a lot of your time every single day. You can't be a workaholic type of person. Otherwise, you won't have time for a family. We might say adventure. Well, in that case, a repetitive job will never give you that fulfillment, right? You write down your values. Then you write down your areas of interest. You write down your list of strengths and weaknesses. And kaboom, you're now ready to boom your life towards a much, much better climax. So that is now all the time we have for today. Try to use these techniques to see hopefully how you can actually find the right career for you. This was Beyond the Present Podcast, and my name is Daniel Mulgan. Have a good one.